Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Uh, welcome to another episode of Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Jeff Stiles. Uh, Jeff, give us an introduction to who you are. Sure, yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, introduction to who I am. Uh, my wife and I uh, moved to Victoria, British Columbia in uh, 2012, uh, like so many of us, and uh, <laughs> it seems. And, uh, you know, we, we quickly, uh, you know, bought a, bought a condo. It was just the two of us here, uh, in case anyone is unaware of real estate prices in uh, Victoria or a little bit obscene, uh, like a few yep. other parts of the country. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, we were, we were going well. Uh, we were living on single income uh, and, you know, kids came along pretty quickly after that. And uh, it was really important for my wife to, to be a stay-at-home mom. And, uh, and that was great. That's something I supported. But uh, living on one income in an expensive part of the country is, is difficult, to say the least. And uh, so we, you know, we, we were looking at real estate as a, as a possible option of, uh, you know, providing a bit of extra cash flow. And uh, I confess at the time, we, we didn't do a whole lot of homework and thought, well, we, we live in Victoria, why wouldn't we invest in Victoria? Yeah. And uh, so we, we, had a, we had a few condos while we were here. And, um, and, you know, that was, that was good, but it was, uh, there wasn't any cash flow at the end of the day. We were, we were breaking even. So, although we may, we did all right when we eventually sold them, um, you know, there was no cash flow day to day to pay the bills, which is what was important for my wife and I. And, yeah, uh, what was your goals at that time? Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Exactly right. So, um, through a, uh, through a, um, a friend of mine uh, who was an investor in Southern Ontario for many years, uh, we kind of remained in contact off and on, uh, you know, every six months or so we'd have a phone call and just, hey, what's going on? How's it going? And uh, he was very successful in the Southern Ontario market for, you know, better part of 20 years. And he said, yeah, so how's everything in Victoria going? And I told him my woes and, uh, and he said, well, tell you what, um, this is something that might interest you. And uh, he said, I'm currently selling all of my assets in, in Ontario and, and uh, moving into other markets. And I said, you know, I, I took the bait obviously, you know, yeah. successful guy in real estate uh, telling me what, what he's doing. And he said, sure, I'll listen. And he said, yeah, I'm, I'm moving into the US. And uh, the, the markets are, you know, in his determination, were, were better for, for his goals. And, um, and he was all about cash flow too, a professional investor and, you know, needed money to pay the bills and also, you know, to, uh, to build his legacy and his empire, et cetera. Yeah. And uh, so essentially under his tutelage um, and through his connections, I was able to meet uh, a couple of other now business partners that also lived in Victoria. We're also having... Yeah. similar struggles um, and the three of us together uh, over the period of about you know, 11, 12, 13 months, something like that, we, uh, we you know, battled the markets and searched the markets high and low and eventually ended up with a 60 unit building in, of all places, Evansville, Indiana. Evansville, Indiana. Why, yeah. why you, you say of all places, what's the, why the pin in Evansville? I, I, I'm in, I have property in Indiana, or Indiana in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, and I don't even know where Evansville is. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
That's all right. Um, it's, you know, now that I've been there, it's, it's a fantastic little place. I, I love it to bits, but yep. um, it, uh, 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 to be honest, we were, we were searching high and low in all the markets in the Midwest United States. That was, that was yep. kind of the, the area that we wanted to, to pursue. Uh, you know, so Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, Missouri. Uh, we we uh, we took a trip to Wichita, Kansas, and was looking at properties there. But uh, Evansville, Indiana, is where where the deal landed. So it wasn't anything more than that, really. Cool. Um, yeah. So you got this property, and you have a couple partners. Um, how how was this whole thing structured? You, is it like a syndication model? Uh, you guys. <clears throat> JVs, the GP um, LP structure. Like, what kind of thing were you doing there? Sure. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a limited partnership that owns the property. <clears throat> uh, so we have three general partners, and then we have nine limited partners as well as part of the deal. And uh, they're kind of silent partners, for lack of better words. Yeah. And um, yeah, the the limited partnership was just uh, that was on the on the recommendation of our accountant, uh, who was very fluent not only with. Uh, with Canadians, but Canadians investing in the U.S. as well. So basically, took his advice and also the advice of our of our lawyers on the other side of the border, and that's what we ended up with. So, yeah. Cool. So, uh, yeah. are you a GP side then? I am. Yes. Yeah. Okay. At, well, GP and LP actually. I know I have shares in in the company as well, but uh, or in the okay. partnership. Yeah. Which I actually I I uh, admire that sort of style the best. Like that's when I'm looking for someone. I, I like someone who's putting some skin in the game too, right? Ideally, right? Absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And it makes it a little bit of a easier sell. Not, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Whenever I whenever I approach investors, I don't like to try to sell them on things. You know, the old yeah. used car salesman tactics. I, you know, I like the the opportunity to basically sell itself, right? So. Oh um, yeah, especially if it's good. You're absolutely <laughs> right. You know, if you're uh, if you have some skin in the game, then that shows you're confident in your own product as well, right? So. Oh, exactly. Um, mm -hmm. So what is your what's your role like? Uh, you're a GP, so you're doing some work. So what what are you in charge of? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's a good question. Um, initially, it was, uh, you know, I, I guess a little bit of backstory. You know, my uh, my partners and I were all were all new to uh, th this. Was a, a new thing for for us in many different perspectives. It was we were new to multifamily. We were new to the U.S. Uh, we were new to property management. I guess on a bigger scale rather than you know tenants in one suite kind of thing. And uh, so there was a lot of new things. So in the beginning, it was just kind of, it was the three of us just trying to corral this beast that we, <laughs> that we had just acquired. Um, I, I guess the, uh, some details on the property, although I won't bore everyone to tears, is that uh, it was a hundred year old property. Um, it had significant, uh, you know, deferred maintenance that we needed to tackle. Uh, we took the, we, when we purchased it, it had 25% economic occupancy. Ooh. And um, yeah, so I mean, we ended up having to put a few hundred thousand dollars of work into it just to kind of get it up to running. And uh, but um, we also um, acquired the the services of a property manager uh, who's based out of Austin, Texas, but, um, you know, was very fluent uh, through previous work in the Evansville market. So uh, under her guidance, uh, we were able to automate a lot of processes, you know, no longer are people bringing checks and cash to the to the office uh, for <laughs> month of rent, everything's automated now as one of hundreds of examples that kind of made it better. Um, and, you know, a lot of our role over the majority of the, the 13 months that it took to kind of get up to um, 
up to you know occupancy of 90 percent was just overseeing projects and renovations and painting and plumbing repairs and you know ac units that seem to continually break down and you know just the kind of the continual cycle that i think we as property managers and property owners just kind of take for granted but it seemed like it was on an accelerated pace for this property just because there was a lot of stuff that just hadn't been done for so long so Oh yeah. And when you're buying something at 25% economic occupancy, you probably can't get a loan on that, can you? No, you can't. No. And uh, that was, that's a good point. Uh, we were, uh, you know, because of that, we were, we were fortunate enough to secure owner financing, which is uh, a bit of a, uh, a bit of a unicorn in, in today's markets with, uh, you know, with how in demand properties are in general. And and, uh, but we were able to do that. And, uh, you know, it was an interest, interest only deal for the first two years. Um, so, you know, the, the previous owners also had to put some skin in the game as well and, and have faith that we were, that we were going to pull it off. And, and we have, so. That's great. So yeah. what is the business plan you were saying you're doing, fixing ACs, fixing a lot of stuff. What happens after that? Is there a refi? What do you, what do you, What's, what's the whole plan for this project? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a good question. Um, the, the initial plan, which I think we are, are planning to stick with um, yeah. overall is long-term buy and hold. You know, when, the, uh, when we did all of our underwriting, it's, you know, once it is up and running, which it basically is now, uh, it will be a good cash flowing property. And, uh, you know, it's uh, my, the hopes and dreams and ambitions are to just, you know, <laughs> treat it as a cash cow for as long as I can and, you know, refi it in time and, and get my initial money out, et cetera. But um, yeah, long-term buy and hold essentially. Cool. That, that, yeah. That's exciting stuff. Um, and yeah. then for your, you don't have to answer this question, but I'm, I'm going to ask it anyway, but uh, for your GP um, structure, um, how do you get paid on? Do you do acquisition costs? Is it only on the refi you get paid? How, how do you guys work yourself into that? Yeah, it's a good question. And actually, I, I was uh, in preparation for speaking with you, Glenn. I was I was listening to a few of your other podcasts, so I kind of <laughs> knew that this might be coming. So. <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, for, for us, it was um, it, it it's important to have skin in the game, like I mentioned before. And and part of that was, you know, the the, G, the GPs are getting paid last. So um, essentially, we we're withholding all of our payments until refi comes. Yeah. and uh, until all of our other investors get paid out cool so, yeah. yeah yeah that's yeah. usually the way i do it too <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it it hurts in the interim let me tell you but it uh, does you know, it, it, it does it and it makes it so it's you're you're almost like want to do other projects or some some fix and flips you want to have something coming in at the same time but but the, you know with you the way you're doing it being on both sides the lp side and the gp side you do get some cash flow throughout if you're you know i'm, I'm assuming you paying a monthly or quarterly uh, payment to these people. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Quarterly payouts for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So is yeah. there a plan to do a refi or are you just going to leave it in? Because um, you have the seller financing, right? That's two we years, do, right? Yeah. And that, that is a pretty sweet deal um, yeah. for the moment. Um, obviously we would, you know, refi is in the future. Uh, we did try it as soon as uh, we did try for it. And I, I guess uh, as soon as we had it stabilized, but um, yeah, we quickly found out that most lenders, um, you know, want, want the property to be seasoned a little bit. And, you know, so we're, we need to show six to 12 months of stabilization, you know, which. Oh, yeah. um, 
and the wait. longer you wait, the better rate you usually get because you can exactly show right. longer history, right? Six months, yeah. they're okay with that, but it's not the best. And one year, even better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Two years. Right, yeah. And, and with a lot of these like syndications or, um, you know, large multi, while well, they're doing that sort of structure, a lot of times they are waiting till like, but I think the most common is to hear year three for the refi is the, hmm. where, where usually when I'm talking to people is usually year three, they're, their goals there you go, refi, yeah. yeah so because it takes a long time because you have so many units right to to yeah. renovate or clean up or stabilize and get them paying or to get just to get the whole thing running like a well-oiled machine it's it's not like buying a single family home and renovating it <laughs> exactly right yeah 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 those uh those things called communal pipe chases and you know then that little old thing called the roof for 100 grand and everything else right that adds up in a hurry so yeah. so is this like one just big building or what 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 does this look like if i'm going to try and visualize this it, it is yeah it's a, it is one one large building it's kind of if you're looking at a eagle eye view it kind of shaped like a big w oh, and uh it's yes. uh it's you know they they don't build them like they used to and this building is is certainly lives after that mantra uh it's, so it's solid brick concrete. then oh concrete concrete yeah and uh <laughs> yeah it's it's built like the proverbial poop house i'll i'll tell you that and, uh, and that, that was one of the main the main things that attracted us to it you know thing you know not to uh downplay it but things like plumbing and electrical well expensive that can be repaired and replaced right but it's a it's a lot more of a a taller order to fix, you know, fundamental things like foundations and walls and stuff like that. So that was one of the, the big things that attracted us to the property. That's excellent. So what is the, what's the future look like for you, Jeff? You can do another uh, one of these or? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And um, one of the, uh, yeah, we are, we are kind of currently in the hunt for another property for sure. Um, we're we're going to be kind of going in the ballpark of 60 or sorry, 80 to 200 units. Uh, again, in the Midwest, uh, our niche is kind of B and C class uh, properties. Uh, we just find that the uh, the cash returns and the cash flow on those types of properties are are the best for for us and for our investors. And um, yeah, again, sticking to the Midwest. So um, yeah, yeah so that's, that's interesting because you're open. Hunt. You're open to exactly lots of right. different markets. Then that, that's a, that's an interesting strategy because a lot of people want to try to reuse their property manager and reuse their contractors. So you'd have to if you started with a say. Uh, I don't even know. Wherever you picked your next market, uh, if yeah. it was like four hours away, you're probably starting right from scratch again to set that all up again. No, I, absolutely, Glenn. And, and you raise an excellent point with that too. I mean, I, I think our, our preference would be would be to, you know, have another property in Evansville for sure. And, uh, you know, if we were to find an ideal property that, you know, was 50 units or 60 units, then, th then great. And then we can share our resources. Absolutely. But, um, Evansville is a bit of a tertiary market. It's a smaller market. So, you know, if we have that kind of luck, then great, but I'm not banking on it. So we may have to look to other markets. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, uh, thank you for all this information. Is there something else I should be asking? I don't know if you had something you had planned you wanted to talk about or. Um, I, I don't believe so. No, yeah. um, I, I think it was just, um, if, if I may, it was uh, a, an interesting little sidebar and I don't, I don't want to get too far off track here, but uh, go off track. I I, every now and again, I, I, as I'm sure you do by the, by the hundreds, Glenn, I, I talk to other people and you know, they, oh, well, it's so cool that you're in real estate investing and, you know, tell me more about it. And then, and then I tell them what they're doing, tell them what I'm doing, you know, and, and 
to a to a fellow Canadian, I guess I, you know I, I usually get pretty you know deer in the headlight, deer in the headlight kind of yeah. looks, and oh my goodness, I, you know how how do you ever do that, and how can you know? Yeah. And um, I you know I'll gi I'll give myself a bit of credit. It it was a pretty big leap, you know, and it was a leap of faith, and it and in this case it, it really helped having business partners to kind of <laughs> share in the scare, so to speak. Um, but you know I. What I wanted to kind of emphasize to to your listeners and to your viewers is don't don't settle, you know. And I, I often tell people that are that are newbies to to real estate investing, you know, what are your goals? You know, what are you trying to get out of this? And really get clear on that first. And you know, what kind of numbers and what kind of returns are you looking for? And uh, you know, how much work do you want to do? What types of properties do you want to invest in? And really get clear on that first, rather than you know, looking at the, you know, the HGTV channels and thinking, oh, flipping looks cool. And, and there's nothing against flipping. I mean, there's yeah. good money to be made there, but you know, don't, don't get romantic about it. I think, I think you need to, we need to all remember that this is a business. This is about numbers. And that doesn't mean you can't have fun along the way, but you know, um, if you're, if you are looking at properties and you won't settle for anything less than 8% cash on cash returns, then that's fine. Um, but you have to find the markets and find the properties that will do that. And that's not necessarily in your, in your hometown. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I love living in Victoria, BC. I wouldn't live anywhere else in the world permanently. Um, but would I invest here? No, <laughs> I wouldn't because <laughs> no. I've been able to find other properties that, that do better for my goals, you know, and everyone's different. But uh, so I guess I just kind of wanted to pass that message along. No, it's a great message because the more specific you are, if you're talking to brokers or wholesalers, depending what market, what kind of things you're buying, um, the more specific you are, the more serious you sound. And the more when something shows up, you can actually buy it and you know it's a deal because you know what you're looking for. Um, otherwise, they'll send you something and you just because you just tell them, I just want a deal. So they send you something <laughs> and, and then you're just like, nah, nah. And then they, they'll just they'll stop taking you seriously. But if you know exactly what your numbers are, what, what your goals are, and they're actually something that's realistic for that market, then they'll send you stuff, but maybe do a tester. And if you're, you know, they hit. Here's the other thing too. If they give you everything that you want ask for, buy it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Be ready to jump for sure. Yeah. 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 So yeah, don't be the tire kicker because they won't take you seriously. And that's that's how you expand it. And that's how you get more and more people sending you stuff. Uh, by being someone who does what they say you're gonna do and jumping whenever you see what you they sent you. Yeah. It's great. It's a great Absolutely. message. Great message. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Jeff, thanks for coming on the show so much. If people wanted to get a hold of you, they want to know more about your project or wanted to maybe be a LP partner or something, how do they, how do they track you down? Sure. Uh, my, my partners and I uh, started uh, beanstalkinvestors.com. So beanstalk as in Jack and the Beanstalk, grow your wealth, grow yeah. your future, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, so that, that is where you can find us on our, on our web, uh, website wise. Yep. Um, the, the idea there is, you know, similar to you, we, we like to cater where possible to Canadians and investing in the U S and provide, try to provide a, a relatively simple and painless platform in order to reap the benefits of investing in the, in U S markets. So. Awesome. <laughs> that sounds great. Thanks for coming on the show again, Jeff. I, I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Glenn. All right. Take care, man. Bye.